Praise the Lord this morning. I'm very excited to be in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Acts chapter 16. We're going to begin reading at verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer. And I feel just to stop there for a moment and make note of the text. And we're about to see that things happen when we go to prayer. Meetings, appointments, happenings. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, And singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. You know, it's been said that nothing good happens after midnight. Any parents in the house this morning that have quoted that to your child? That's why we have the curfew in place that we have, because nothing good happens after midnight. But I think we should note this morning that this depends on the spirit of a person. 
the attitude of a person, the conviction of a person, the faith, the relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse 25 reads, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The voice, picture this, it's midnight. In the darkness of their cell, Paul and Silas, after surviving the severe beating, aren't moaning and groaning. They're praying and singing hymns to God. I'd like to announce to the church this morning that great things can happen after midnight if we have the right spirit. At midnight, they were singing. They were praying. Focused on the Lord. Great things can happen in the watches of the night. Great things can happen in the midst of the darkness. Miracles in the darkness. Divine earthquakes, a quaking in the earth so that the foundations of prisons are shaken. Prison doors swing wide and chains are loosed. Nothing good happens after midnight. Not so. If we are like Paul and Silas. What we do with the night matters. And what we do in the night matters. And I trust we can hear the Holy Ghost this morning. Our manner in the night, our focus in the night, our conduct in the night. We live in a dark world. We live in a world after midnight. A prisoned world. A world of prison cells and prison chains. We live in the midst of it. Living in the midst of this dark world. But can we recognize this morning that we have been placed here by the hand of the Lord for a purpose and by no mistake? You see, Paul and Silas were in chains, but I'm not talking about the prison chains that were placed upon them, the natural chains that held them bound, the prison chains that sought to chain their faith and to break their faith and to silence their resolve to make them ineffective in the night, to make them like everybody else after midnight. What chains truly had a hold on Paul and Silas? To answer this question, I begin with these words, words of David Wilkerson. Paul often refers to himself as the prisoner of Jesus Christ, Ephesians 3.1. In Ephesians 4.1, he says being a prisoner of the Lord is actually his vocation, his calling. He considered this God's gift of grace to him, Ephesians 4.7. Paul wrote to Timothy, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, 2 Timothy 1.8. Even into his old age, the apostle rejoiced in having been apprehended by the Lord and taken captive to his will, being such and one as Paul the aged, and now or still also 
a prisoner of Jesus Christ, Philemon 9. Paul could tell you the very hour that the Lord handcuffed him and took him captive. He was on the road to Damascus with letters in hand from the high priest, bound and determined to bring back Christians to Jerusalem. He was breathing threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, Acts 9.1. Full of hatred, bitterness, and anger in his misguided zeal for God. As he approached the city of Damascus, suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, Acts 9.3. He was struck completely blind by that light, which was Christ. Paul testified again and again how he had been taken by the hand, how he had to be, and led into Damascus, a helpless prisoner. He spent three days in an isolated room without sight and without eating anything. He'd been taken captive totally in spirit, soul, mind, and body. What happened in that room for three days? The Lord was handcuffing Saul and making him into Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. In this vivid scene, Paul lets go of his independence and submits to Christ's yoke. He stretches forth his hands to Jesus to be handcuffed for life. You can almost hear his agonizing prayer. Oh, Lord, I thought I was doing your will. How could I have been so blind? I've been going my way, doing whatever I thought was right. I can't trust my own thoughts. My prayer is, here, Jesus, take my hands and put your manacles on me. Take me prisoner to your will and lead me wherever you want me to go. Keep me handcuffed to your mighty right arm. Great things can happen after midnight if we have the right spirit. Living in a dark world, we need to have the right spirit. Living in this world. Paul, once Saul, used to act like everybody else after midnight. But that all changed the day that Jesus took his hands and placed his manacles on him. That all changed the day that he was brought to his knees. Not only his hands, but his feet. Placed in the stalks of Christ. If you're a prisoner to his will, to the will of the Lord, to the will of Jesus Christ, great things can happen after midnight. If he's the one leading, great things can happen in the darkness. If you're handcuffed to his mighty arm, miracles can happen after midnight. If your feet are securely fastened in the stalks of Christ, the darkness and the devil wishes you were sleeping before midnight. Wake up, O oh saint. Wake from your slumber. Take our hands, Lord, and take our feet, Lord. Take our all, Lord. Take us prisoner to your will and lead us. Keep us handcuffed to your, to your arm. I wonder if we've committed like these men have committed. Do you remember the day that you were taken prisoner? The day that Jesus Christ took hold of your life, completely captive.
spirit, soul, mind, body. These men were not self-focused. These men were not consumed by the injustice that they had just experienced the injustice trying to silence them. These men were relentless for Jesus. We have to know that they knew that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. No matter where they found themselves, they were focused on Jesus. Focused on the Lord. Focused on His will. Focused on His calling. Not overcome by the circumstances, by the situation, by the environment. Verses 22 to 24, all the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. I want to ask today, what would our response be after events like these? What would our confession be after events like these? How would we act after events like these? How would we carry ourselves after events like these? How would we conduct ourselves after midnight, after events like these? Would we remember our real chains? Would we remember our true stocks? Would we remember our real jailer? That we are not a prisoner to the will of man, but we are prisoners to the will of Jesus. Great things can happen after midnight if we act like Paul and Silas. Acts 16, verse 25, the Passion Translation reads, Paul and Silas, undaunted, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang, sang songs of praise to God while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. The message reads, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. The other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. You know, let it be known today that prayer and praise have the power to usher in a miraculous quaking in the earth. We have to push off the manner of the world after midnight. And this can speak to so many things this morning. We'll let the Holy Spirit move as only the Holy Spirit can. But how are we conducting ourselves? Are we focused? Do we allow the environment or the pressure or the injustice to have its way with us? To silence us? To turn us from prayer and praise and exalting the Lord? to moaning and groaning and complaining, to change our prison songs from what they should be to what they should not be. Turn us in to a believer that acts like 
every other prisoner after midnight. The Lord is calling us to a higher way of living. Were any of the other prisoners singing songs? Perhaps prison songs. But if they were, their songs of lament, their songs of rage, their songs of depression, and their songs of iniquity were stopped. And they were drowned out at the sound coming from Paul and Silas' cell. Two men, prayer, praise, their worship in the darkness, in that environment, changed that prison. Every individual was affected by what was going on in their cell. The Bible says that they listened to the worship. And they couldn't believe their ears. Wow. Must have been some night. Again, verse 25, the voice. Picture this, it's midnight. In the darkness of their cell, Paul and Silas, after surviving a severe beating, aren't moaning and groaning. They're praying and singing hymns to God. The prisoners in adjoining cells are wide awake listening to them pray and sing. Miraculous things can happen after midnight if we are not conformed to the pattern of a world after midnight. When we find ourselves in environments No matter why we find ourselves there, if we are serving the Lord, we must continue to serve the Lord. We can't change our songs. That's not the call. That's not the way of the believer. We don't change our confession. We don't allow the environment or the injustice to silence us, to stop us from praying, to stop us from praising, to stop us from worshiping. I wonder if there's anyone in the house this morning. You're here and the prison has had its way with your faith, with your praise, with your worship, with your prayer, with your focus, with your song. And the song you should be singing, the song that's fitting and right, fitting and right as it was for Paul and Silas, and so it is for us. That song has been stripped from your life. Perhaps you've turned to other songs inferior songs, prison songs, woe is me songs. You say, what great things happened after midnight? What great things can take place if we are undaunted, if we remain committed, if we are not conformed to the pattern of a world after midnight? What great things can come from what I'm experiencing right now. What great things can take place because of my attitude when I've received injustice, because of my song in the night, my commitment, my focus. Acts 16, beginning of verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. 
Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Look at what is taking place. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called in a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them. And they rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. Are these not the great things we are living for? Are these not the miracles we are singing for? This is why, one of the reasons why we are prisoners of the Lord. This our vocation and this our holy calling. This is his gift of grace to us. Taken captive totally, spirit, soul, mind, and body. Don't let an earthly prison convince you otherwise. We have a job to do in the dark. Others are listening. Members of your family are listening. Your children are listening. Fellow believers are even listening. The lost are listening. What kind of songs do they hear coming from your cell? The message reads, startled from sleep, the jailer saw all the doors swinging loose on their hinges. Panic. Assuming that all the prisoners had escaped, he pulled out his sword and was about to do himself in, figuring he was as good as dead anyway. When Paul stopped him, don't do that. We're all still here. Nobody's run away. How many here this morning, if all the doors Bust open. You'd be running for your life. You wouldn't be sticking around. But here they remained. The jailer got a torch and ran inside. Badly shaken, he collapsed in front of Paul and Silas. He led them out of the jail and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved to really live? They said, put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Then you will live as you were meant to live, and everyone in your house included. So they went on to spell out in detail the story of the master. The entire family got in on this part. They never did get to bed that night. The jailer made them feel at home, dressed their wounds, and then he couldn't wait till morning, was baptized. He and everyone in his family. There in his home, he had food set out for a festive meal. It was a night to remember. He and his entire family had put their trust in God. Everyone in the house was in on the celebration. Their action after midnight brought a man to a life, to a life or death decision. 
our action after midnight can do the same. About to kill himself and thinking it was all over, realizing his failure, realizing his humanness, realizing his weakness. The text goes on, about to do himself in, figuring he was as good as dead anyway. Paul stopped him. Don't do that. We're all still here. Nobody's run away. I love that, that Paul and Silas didn't run away. It's amazing that the other prisoners hadn't run away. Wow, this is a holy moment. I wonder if Paul and Silas had great concern for the jailer's life, knowing that he'd be put to death, knowing that he was about to commit suicide and kill himself, knowing that if they didn't tell him about the Lord, if they didn't lead him to the Lord, he would go to hell. But they cared for the man. They cared not only for the man, they cared for his family. They declared salvation to his entire household. They recognized the divine placement of the Lord and they knew what to do in and with the night. The jailer got a torch and ran inside. Badly shaken, he collapsed in front of Paul and Silas. He led them out of the jail and asked, Sirs, what do I have to do to be saved to really live? They said, put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. No soft sell gospel. Then you'll live as you were meant to live and everyone in your house included. You know that this is part of the reason we sing the songs we do after midnight. First, we sing because Jesus is so worthy. And so no matter the situation or the circumstance or the environment we find ourselves in, no matter what we are facing, He is worthy of prayer. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of worship. We don't silence it. We don't silence it because of injustice. We continue in the right manner. We also sing because our songs quake the earth. And the Bible says that if he be lifted up from the earth, he will draw all peoples to himself. We continue the text. They went on to spell out in detail the story of the master. They're taking time with this man. Perhaps that will speak to you this morning. Spelling it out, telling him about the Lord. The entire family got in on this part. They never did get to bed that night. The jailer made them feel at home and dressed their wounds. What a transformation. And then he couldn't wait till morning, was baptized. What a conversion! He and everyone in his family, there in his home, he had food set out for the festive meal. It was a night to remember. I want some nights like that to remember. How about you? He and his entire family had put their trust in God. Everyone was in the house. Everyone in the house was in on the celebration. This text, this true piece of history is simply incredible. Now, I wonder, I wonder if the jailer went back to work. We're not told whether he did or not. We're not told the events that came after. 
But I wonder if the jailer went back to work, back to his, back to his job. And if he did, I know that he had taken up a new song. I wonder if he prayed and sang and worshipped at work. Did he sing after midnight? Were there future prisoners that listened to his songs? That couldn't believe their ears? That listened to his worship? A man once lost after midnight, now found. A jailer now imprisoned himself, captive to the great captor, Jesus Christ. A jailer saved and his entire household all baptized. What a night to remember. Can I have the worship team return this morning? All the doors swung open and all the prisoners were loosed. That's what the Bible says. Our prayers and our praise and our worship can set the captives free. I wonder if any of the other prisoners got saved. I wonder if they turned to Jesus. I wonder if any of them took up a new song. I wonder if any of them gladly took on new manacles and new stalks. I wonder if any of them sang songs after midnight that caused a quaking in the earth. Eternity tells the tale. Great things can happen after midnight if we have the right spirit. I want to encourage us this morning. Don't lose your song after midnight. Don't turn from prayer and praise and worship to moaning and groaning. Be one that's undaunted. Realizing who your true jailer is. Perhaps you need to pray some prayers like, Lord, use me. Put me in situations where my prayer and my praise and my worship, my attitude in the night can set people free. We are the light and the darkness, the Lord says. Perhaps this morning we need to change our songs. Perhaps this morning we need to turn to prayer. We might be here this morning and we need to quit acting like an earth-minded prisoner. So easily affected. For most of us here, I dare to say all of us here, we're never going to be beaten like this. Never going to be thrown in prison. We're not going to experience this kind of injustice. But it's shocking that even the little prisons we face, the little injustices we face, the little scourgings we face, how easily so many turn from prayer to moaning and groaning.
how many give up their song and change their song. Let it not be said of us. Perhaps we've come today not knowing the Lord, but yet we've heard the prayers. We've heard the worship. We've heard the songs. Matthew 25, verse 6, And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Is this your midnight hour? Your midnight concert of heavenly songs? Mark 13, 35, You do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening at midnight, the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Are we here this morning and we feel like all our work for Jesus has been met with injustice? Are we beaten down? Are we imprisoned? Are we confined? I want to encourage the house this morning. It's time to push off the prison talk and the prison tunes and pray and sing of our Lord. Our songs wake a sleeping world. And the Lord is putting each and every one of us and will as we desire to follow him in situations, in circumstances, in environments that might look dark, that might look hopeless. We might feel ineffective, but if we will hold to the pattern of Paul and Silas, great things will happen after midnight. Miracles will happen as we continue to serve the Lord. Let's stand this morning.